Hi, listeners. You can now listen to this community podcast production ad-free on Apple Podcasts and access the podcast one week early and get exclusive bonus content. Just hit the subscribe button now on Apple Podcasts. Or if you want access to all of the above, plus video versions of the podcast, head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. I'm Sarah Ferris, true crime podcaster. And I'm Catherine Schweit, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. And you're listening to Stop the Killing. Welcome to another episode of Stop the Killing. Catherine, we're going to be doing an episode that's a little bit closer to my neck of the woods at the moment. We are. We're going to Kenham, Plymouth, Devon, England, UK. That's what's I love that. If you need to send a parcel there, that's the address. So you're in London. So mm. is, this is in the south of England. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's southwest. It's like underneath, underneath me. That's all I can <laughs> work out. Okay, that's, that's how we work maps in our head. It's underneath yeah. me. I know. And also, somebody looked me crazy the other day because I always go, "Never eat sausages wet." That's how <gasps> I remember the points of the compass. I've never heard of that. Never. No, apparently, nobody what else that? has either. <laughs> never <laughs> eat sausages wet. North, east, <laughs> southwest. It's really working for me, isn't it? Terrible. <laughs> never eat sausages wet. Yeah, which is just a rule for life, anyway, right? And then the hard part. Well, that I I think that's true. I think the hard part for those of you who. <laughs> might not be seeing this. She's pointing to north, south, east, and west in a circular motion. And I'm still going like, never eat sausages. What? (laughs) What a start to an episode. At least we're not going into the history of Devon because I've got no clue. I know Um, nothing about Devon, except that there was a terrible situation that occurred there. As you hear some of the facts of it, it is a shooting that occurs out in the public And listeners may think, oh, that's kind of unusual. Not really. I mean, our research here in the United States shows us that maybe 15% of shootings that involve number of people occur out in public. You know, there is a risk to walking down the street. I mean, so keep your head up. The sad part is that every shooting ends up with a shortcut name, Columbine, Aurora, you know, Parkland. Sometimes it's the actual location like the building. Sometimes it's the city. 
So what we have here is a now a new moniker, the Plymouth shooting. And it occurred not too long ago. It was in August of 21. And in the end, there were five people killed, a couple of people injured, and the shooter killed himself. So a very bad situation that occurred over a relatively short period of time. But the reason I want to address this particular incident is that I know that we have an opportunity to talk to somebody who's an expert in the area of misogyny and incel. Um, mm. And that I thought would be a perfect lead up to that. Definitely. Interview. It's kind of a new word, isn't it? Incel. It's not something I'd come across until actually probably the Plymouth shooting, which the other way that I've heard it referred to is the incel shooting. So can you give us a little bit of a definition of what incel is? Yeah, I can. And I mean, knowing the facts of the Plymouth shooting, I hate that it's referred to as an incel shooting. Um, oh, interesting. And, yeah. So for those who are working on your vocabulary, this is an English class today. <laughs> so and true. So you may be familiar with, but not able to spell misogyny. And I think we talked about this maybe in season one, the difference between being a sexist and a misogynist mm -hmm. is you may be against men or against women, but a misogynist, there is an anger level to it. There's a hatred for you're a misogynist. If you think women can't do this, or men are the only ones who are able to do this because they're so much smarter or they're so much oh, uh, whatever. So yeah. So I don't want to go down the road of misogyny because at this moment, I'm very carefully trying to hold the match away from Sarah. I know it is honestly, oh my <laughs> soapbox topic. Don't get me started. <laughs> I, I could go down a rabbit hole just this morning of something that I saw on social media that wound me right up, but I'm not going to. I can't wait till CrimeCon mm. in June. I can't True. wait to share a glass of wine and light that match underneath your misogyny <laughs> pot that's boiling oh over. God, you better extend your trip because it'll take a while. <laughs> <laughs> so we're never going to get to this case. Um, no. So misogyny, you hear the combination with this word incel. And incel is a combined made up word for involuntarily celibate. This concept that somebody who, who would like to be sexually active and in their own speech interpret the world of women have rejected them even though they are very worthy of sexual activity and they are therefore involuntarily celibate and so they're in cells it goes hand in glove with misogyny somebody who then hates women because women are ruining their lives and they're worthy of it. In a lot of instances where we see incel attacks in public or even in private, it also might involve somebody who they see is not worthy of getting the girl. Right. I'm worthy of getting the girl. He is not worthy of getting the girl and yet he does. Oh, so they're, okay. So, so it's they're not, not just, just necessarily violence against women. Yeah, it can right. be violence against people that are sexually active, which is what they want to be. Right. Yes. Okay. Because he gets the, the jocks captain get the football all the girls team. The jocks get exactly. And sometimes I will tell you somebody who maybe claims this badge to be an incel, they're not going to run around and say, I'm a misogynist, but they'll say, I'm an incel. So that's my incel lecture. Our shooting today, although you said, oh, it's referred to as the incel shooting, I would say, yeah, not if you know the facts of it, but this is a guy who's on a pathway to a bad spot over a long time. 
We have a 22 year old who lived with his mom and had a confrontation with her, shot her, and then left the house and began shooting other people before he turned the corner into a different neighborhood, shot other people and killed himself. So we'll talk about that detail, but the pathway to violence itself, what gets a person to the point where they'll raise a gun to their own mother, right? There's a huge number of behavioral cues that tell us this person is maybe on a pathway to violence, either to kill themselves or to kill themselves and others. Let's overlay that on this particular killer. What are the behavioral cues that started early and progressed through to the point that he was holding a weapon to his mom? So we have a shooter who has, at some point in his lifetime, been diagnosed on some autism spectrum with ADHD. I say that right outward in case you know this case and you think, well, the problem is that he was on the autism spectrum and he had ADHD and therefore he committed this act because of that. No, that is wrong. That's a wrong interpretation and you should never do that. Mental health, as we know, is not a predictive factor in violence. But I tell you that because, of course, it can impact the way that someone acted and reacted in life to Mm -hmm. different things. You know, I don't know what his diagnosis was and, and how he manifested that. So just so you're aware. But he was on the radar of the mental health counselor as he went through school. And in all the years he was there, the mental health counselors made notes that he was very interested in firearms. One counselor said he was kind of obsessed by them. The mom during this time was telling the counselor, he's kind of obsessed with weapons. So she's seeing it at home. She's relaying that to the mental health counselors. And the counselor's notes say he had a real passion for guns, that he wanted to find a job in that world. So very focused, right, from a young age. And you have a program I'm not sure if you're familiar with called Prevent. No. Um, oh my gosh, we'll have to look that up. You are going to have to look that up because it's in your town. But <laughs> when officials feel that there's somebody who maybe might be on a pathway to violence, you could defer the inquiry into an individual to the prevent program. Because as we all know, by the time that it gets to the police, it's probably a problem, right? So, yeah, yeah. But the mental health counselor who actually talked to the supervisor about it, they decided not to make a referral. Oh, that's okay. disappointing, isn't it? When you've got the resource there. Well, right. So it's a question of what level and when do you make those recommendations, Mm, right? mm -hmm. So then the mom has relatives in Shetland and they spend time with the relatives in Shetland. After the fact, they find out that the relatives in Shetland think this kid's really obsessed with guns and they're kind of worried about it. Mm -hmm. And they even talk about it with the mom. The mom says at some point that she's been begging for mental health care for this kid. Here's the kind of setup. The family knows that this kid needs mental health services. The mental health counselors know this kid is obsessed with guns and weapons. Okay. And then there are incidents that occur a few years before the shooting. The shooting I mentioned was in 21. There are incidents that occur prior to this. I think this would be a good time to tell you that he held a license to carry a weapon in England. How easy was that for him to get? Do you know? Well, I have to look this up, but in the UK, to get a firearms, you either have to have a firearms certificate or a shotgun certificate. Right. And you you've lived there. You should know (laughs) know how many weapons I have. 
You should, Zero. You should tell me, okay, in case you want to go to Sarah's house to steal her expensive pearls. <laughs> Don't tell everyone okay. that. <laughs> um, in order to get these certificates, you have to fill out these forms. It takes a long time. And you have to be licensed to then purchase a gun. So that's the biggest step. I mean, we don't have that extra step here in the States. There are a couple of things that are different. For a shotgun, you have to be able to show how you can secure it. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's part of the licensing process. For a firearm, you have to have a good reason to buy the firearm. You have to articulate it in your application. And then they do interviews. There are confidential interviews that are done with people around you. So keep that in mind. She says, dot, 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 dot. So he's licensed to carry an 18. Not related to weapons. During this time, he has a confrontation on the street with a pregnant woman and her husband. It is not the first time he's had a confrontation with people in public. And he is not charged with anything in that confrontation. As it turns out, you know, there were other previous incidents. He has a row with youth. And he has, at that time, his firearm is taken away from him because of that. When I was looking at the news reports, because it currently is in the news, which we'll get to again later, there was video footage of that incident, actually. The row with the youth? Yeah, where he's chasing a couple of younger children, I think, around a playground. Did he have his weapon out? Do you know what? I don't know. I didn't watch it all because, you know, we're so strong on never giving the shooter a name or anything that I don't even like to look at the images of them, to be honest. It's kind of ingrained. Do you know, if you went back and said to me, can you name any of the shooters and any of the cases we've done? I don't even know what they are because I've never known them. I love that. That's fine. Well, that is my closing point for this very case that we're talking about. So remind me of that. Put a pin Um, in that one. Put a pin in that one. In the situation that we have here, we have a shooter who has had trouble, you know, on the street, has gotten into confrontations with adults, has had a row with youth. And when he has the row, he is licensed to carry weapon. He has a weapon and it's taken away from him. And this is during COVID, December of 2020, and it's taken away from him. But in July of 2021, it's returned to him because that's the process. So there's a stand down period that he gets the weapon taken away for, but it just automatically goes back to him once that period's up. Yeah. I don't want to say it's automatic because I didn't dive into the rules there, but it's returned to him. I'm going to compare this to US red flag laws. Yes. This is red flag laws all the way, isn't it? Exactly. And the concern that I have about red flag laws is you take a weapon from somebody, they're mad about it. You give it back to them a little bit later. They're probably still mad about it. I don't think that we have the research to show us yet whether or not somebody whose weapon was taken away from them committed further acts of violence. In many cases, a red flag law could apply because somebody is going to harm themselves. And that's valuable to have a weapon taken away so that they don't commit suicide. I think it's going to take us a while to gather the data together to find out whether or not when we take a gun away from somebody for two months or four months or six months and then return it to them, what's the result? But I think that we see that here in the Plymouth shooting. This gun was returned in July of 21, and the shooting was in August. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a 
happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Have you ever felt that pang of disappointment when you couldn't add a ticket to your collection because it was digital? Or maybe you just lost it? Well, stubforge.com is here to change that. Imagine this tickets that not only look but feel like the real deal. Because each ticket from Stubforge is printed on the same quality stock that Ticketmaster uses and printed with genuine ticket printers. It's like holding a piece of the concert, the game or the show right in your hands. But Stubforge isn't just about replacing tickets. With the easy-to-use interactive designer, you can create custom tickets for anything from concerts to sports games, pregnancy announcements or parties. Why not make your invitations stand out with tickets that are as unique as your event? And if you're trying to complete a back catalogue of missing tickets, Stubforge offers bulk discounts to make it both easy and affordable. With Stubforge, you can once more give your loved ones physical tickets and see their eyes light up instantly at the best gift you can give. So whether you're looking to reignite your ticket collection, craft the perfect gift, or send the coolest invites, head over to stubforge.com. Start creating today and see how Stubforge makes every ticket a story worth saving. Visit stubforge.com and start making tickets today. I wanted to tell you some other pieces that we gathered together about his background. In the aftermath, remember he was licensed in 18. The dad said, I told the police in 2017 he shouldn't have a gun. Mm, okay. So that was probably one of the things that was included in the initial application for him to get a license. The dad was still probably got a interviewed. license. And he got a license, right? Wow. Or it could be the dad like reinventing the conversation in his head, right? He lived in this neighborhood. He lived with his mom. When he started down this pathway to violence, he began to do a couple of things. One is there's social media activity, which we'll talk about in a second. But the first one that I want to talk about is just his personal physical changes. He decided that he was going to become a big, strong, beefy kid. And he right. started to reportedly take steroids, drink a lot of energy drinks, and was working out to become, in his mind, this big, beefy guy who would maybe potentially be more attractive to women. And he was arguing more with his mom. And the arguments were turning to arguments where you would say, that guy's quite a misogynist. The other thing that he did that we didn't necessarily know ahead of time, but others knew ahead of time, is... He began to film some things on YouTube. And so I say this because I'm overwhelmed at the number of parents who are unaware of what their own children post online, or they search their 12 year old's name and think that the child is only going to post online. Kids use multiple accounts, not always for nefarious purposes, but multiple accounts, multiple names, multiple monikers. So if you're not managing your child, no one is managing your child in that situation. I'm astonished when I run into a parent who says, I never go into my kid's room. That's their private space. And no. <laughs> yeah. Things that never are said in my house. No. And you know what? I, I have said this before. A house is not a democracy, as my dad used to say. So he was in his room and he was videotaping himself. And there were a number of YouTube videos and the language on them. And part of it is... He's convincing himself that he is this misogynistic person and he speaks about 
incels and being part of that group. So I think this is very indicative of and nihilism, which is scary. If you don't understand that world as a parent, I would say hearken back to the days of people who are joining gangs. It's no different. Somebody who is socially untethered and they are looking for some place to tie their boat to because they want to belong. And that's what we see in historical shootings when it involves people like incels. We go back and look at their search history and they find websites that support a view that they develop about themselves. So for a kid who wasn't misogynistic, he becomes misogynistic. Mm -hmm. And also taking steroids. In fact, if he was taking steroids, not a good thing for your brain. But a roid rage? Yeah, exactly. Think about somebody who is ADHD on the spectrum, taking steroids, protein supplements, working out, and then also downing multiple high caffeine drinks every day. Uh, I can't remember where I heard it. Something really stuck with me the other day, and I don't want to get this wrong. So when you have these people that have come to a position that they believe so wholeheartedly and so strongly, but they Uh haven't got there through facts, you can't use facts to bring them back from it. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Don't know what the answer is. I don't know how to get people back from that. Sometimes I think it's a question of diverting. And I think that's the prevent program and that's the threat assessment program. You might not get somebody to agree with you about whether or not that flag is green, but maybe if you start talking about other flags, they'll come to that realization themselves that that particular flag is green. Um, I like that. And so when you were saying, oh, this is the incel murders, I would say based on everything that, that I see and hear, he was becoming somebody who he thought might be worthy of doing this And I don't know that this was something that he was as invested in as it may seem based on the timing of things. You know, he was harassing a woman, a 16-year-old in the United States on Reddit to the point where she was physically, you know, upset about it and wanted to do something about it. And he was banned from Reddit for that action. But when she wanted to go further and report it, her folks said, eh, don't get involved. You know, so like, don't do that. Get involved. Maybe one more phone call, uh, especially if she knew who he was to report him, might have been one knock at the door. It might have made the difference. You never know. So I don't view this at all as much as an incel case, as somebody who had a lot of troubles from an early age, had a lot of violence and rage in his head, was obsessed with guns, was identified as that at a younger age continued to focus on it. Mental health care people said, this is a big problem, but let's see if we can route him into someplace that might be successful like the army cadets. But the opportunities to intercede once he began to demonstrate anger and he began to act violently, the weapon was taken away, but then returned. And then the shooting occurred. So with all of this background, in mind about this young man. He's 22 years old. And at about 6.05 p.m., and I'm only telling you that from the idea of how long this took. At 6.05, he gets into a physical confrontation with his mother. Is there any reporting on over what? Yeah, it's over his misogynistic arguments. But Mm -hmm. understand that we don't know exactly because he uses a shotgun and kills his mother. So, Then he leaves the house and he begins on his own street to fire at people who he sees. 
So just picking off people at random. Moments later, he kills a 43-year-old man and a three-year-old girl. Wow. Police, in the meantime, received their first call three minutes into this shooting. He killed five people, then himself, and he injured two others. It is 6.23, which means that was 18 minutes. Sometimes I know uh, people say, well, there's only guns in the United States. So I did pull these numbers because I wanted to just tell you from the UK standpoint, there are firearms in other countries, even though we talk so much about the United States. These certifications to hold firearms in the UK, there are like 175,000 people in England, Wales, and Scotland. That's a small percentage of people that have got access to weapons legally comparatively to America. Yes. And everybody in America has access to weapons unless they're prohibited. I mean, there's a a completely different way that you guys get guns and we get guns. Um, Your default position is, yes, you can have a gun uh, and then don't screw up or we'll take it away. Whereas our default position is prove that you are worthy of a gun. Right. I've just pulled up the article that is currently on the bbc.co.uk. This guy did have hurdles to jump through to get access to the weapon, the licensing process. But there was actually an inquest into what went wrong and how the weapons got into his hands. And it turns out that they shouldn't have got there. The article reads, breathtaking incompetence and failings by police allowed a gunman to kill five people during a mass shooting in Plymouth. The inquest jury said there had been a catastrophic failure at Devon and Cornwall Police. I mean, that's not mincing any words, is it? Yeah, that's a pretty specific that's a pretty specific mm, description. Yeah. But I think when you think about catastrophic, and I saw early on they said serious failures, you know, those are the kind of words that you use where you think there were many opportunities missed. When it's a bunch of things over years, When you make a decision for somebody who's had prior incidents of violence on the street, you take weapon away, but then you make a decision to give back, you never know what's going to happen. And we count on the fact that our officials who are making those decisions default to safety. And if you have a system in place that allows you to take guns away, have at it, use it. And I think that's what the inquest showed. The other quote that sticks out in this article is from the families of four of the victims, and they said warning signs were ignored and a license to kill was granted. Wow, a license to kill. That's very accurate, isn't it? Uh, Very telling. Um, That's kind of scary. We talked earlier about the news coverage, and you said to put a pin in that for later. Let's unpin it. So when I was reading up on this incident to make sure that I kind of knew all the ins and outs about it, one of the things that I was sad to see is a huge number of news stories about the shooter and the details on these YouTube videos and what he said and repeating what he said and images of the videos. And I'm going to say this. In 1999, we had a terrible shooting at Columbine High School here in the United States in the Denver, Colorado area. And those two shooters were made out to be supervillains on television, in movies, in books, in made-for-TV short films, They were so much written about and covered about what they wrote and what they did and what they thought and what they said. And none of that came from the parents 
until just a couple of years ago, no parent of those two boys had ever said anything publicly. This all came from the media writing stories, talking to people, making up versions, people who were neighbors who wanted to get their five minutes of fame. And then all of these made for TV movies kind of thing that invented this whole idea that these Columbine killers were somebody to look up to. Yeah, that they, they became were cult-like cult- figures, didn't they? Cult heroes. Yeah. What has happened because of that is that all over the world, not just in the States, we see shooters who commit violence and their writings say, sometimes they etching it on their own weapons. I want to be the Columbine killers. I want to be better than them. I want to kill more people than they did. Their comparison on the balancing scale is the Columbine killers. Here is a terrible tragedy that happened in the UK. The media spent an inordinate amount of time celebrating this shooter, who he was, what he believed in, and making him into an incel hero. Mm. But when you know the background, he really wasn't an incel hero. He's an invented person in his own mind, and he glommed onto that at the end because he was looking for something to focus all his anger into. When the media covers a murderer over and over and over again, you create an image that others can admire and aspire to. Don't do that. That's my word. Don't talk to the media if they ask you about a shooter. No one needs your opinion about the neighbor down the street. Don't answer the door. Tell them you don't have any comments. Don't add to the story to conflate one idea together and inflate somebody and turn them into a cult hero. Thanks for listening. And if you want to know more, Catherine's book, Stop the Killing, is out now. For more details, go to katherineschweit.com. Please consider also supporting our independently made podcast. It's simple to do. Go to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. And for as little as the price of a latte a month, you can be part of the solution to stop the killing. Patreon rewards range from official do-gooder status to ad-free episodes, autographed books, and opportunities to connect with us directly for your business, school, church, or even just a book club chat. But just knowing that you are part of a movement that has the power to make your community safer, well, that's got to taste better than a skinny cappuccino any day. So please head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing now and polish off your do-gooder halo and make sure to include your name so we can give you a shout out. This podcast is a community podcast production. That's con with an N. If you want more content, then head over to community podcast at Instagram, where you'll find trailers on more binge-worthy true crime, like the award-winning podcast Conning the Con. And check out our show notes for all the links mentioned. Finally, if you want one takeaway action that you can do right now that can help make our community safer, Please share, rate and review this podcast wherever you listen. Everybody needs to know that they hold the keys to see something and say something. Together, we can stop the killing. It's one of those things you hope never happens, but you better train for it. Because it will happen. And it will happen in places you wouldn't expect. Be ready for it. Lucky 
Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Something is creeping in. Don't follow it down. Let me introduce you to Barry Clue, an authorised financial advisor from New Zealand and a very special kind of stain on humanity. He was a very uh, knowledgeable young guy. He was a registered financial advisor. Type of guy that was bending over backwards to help you. Now you could be forgiven for thinking that Barry sounds like a great guy. And you'd be right. Well, right up until the point when you're wrong. It was all fictitious. You stole from my son who has a disability. Chris never knew. He died believing that we're all taken care of. A psychopath is somebody who lacks empathy, acts impulsively. I think there's a strong case that Barry might be all of those things, actually. To find out how Barry Clue stole over $15 million from 81 victims, subscribe to Clueless, the long con. That's Clueless, spelt K-L-O-O-G-H-L-E-S-S. 